0: Hello, and welcome to Ethospheria. Thank you so much for joining me today. Man, so you have no idea how much fun this has been for me so far. And today, I'm joined by my little mini-me, Marley, my daughter. Um, and we are going to try to, or at least Marley's going to try. She's the expert here. Um, we're going to try to answer a question um, regarding episode one. A shepherd has been killed. And this question comes from a one Elsa H. And I have to say that it really made me think. And I appreciate that more than anything. I mean, if there's anything that I want Ethospheria to do, it is to make us think. It's more about the questions, right, Marley? Yeah. Okay. So, to me, that's the fun part. The questions, the... You get the question and you're like, oh my God, I have no idea, right? And then you have the fun in sort of putting together an answer, maybe not solving the problem, but putting together an answer that may or may not work. And who knows? My answer today may not work. Right, Marley? Yeah. Okay. You're doing great. You're doing great. Okay, so. First, I think we should look at the context from which the question came. My line from the episode reads, But in spite of its many studies, human nature still resists aligning with patterns of imposed conformity. I have to admit that I could have probably worded that a little bit differently. Um, It could have read better as, but in spite of its many studies, human nature seems to resist aligning with patterns of conformity. Would you agree, Marley? Yes. Okay. So, let's look at what led to that statement in the first place. <clears throat> I got into the bulk of the ep- of the episode by quoting Max Brooks from his novel World War Z. You ever read that, Marley? No. Okay. You you should. If you're down for a great read during your COVID-19 situation, and you just want to read about viruses turning people into zombies, this is your book. I reluctantly read this novel thinking that it would probably just be like popcorn for the mind, but the thought, the research, the cross-cultural insight that went into Brooks's work was just absolutely brilliant. And then what did they do? I don't know. Then they made this horrible dumpster fire of a movie. They gave some screenwriters a box of crayons and said, here, Brad Pitt's on board. Go write the screenplay and we'll make millions of dollars. So they basically spent like 200000000 million. I'm not sure how much they got back. The movie was garbage compared to the book. Um... But, I mean, it was an enjoyable. Did you ever watch World War Z? We'll yeah. have to watch it. It was an enjoyable movie. It was just garbage compared to the book. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. So, Brooks's quote that I quoted in the episode was, Most people don't believe something can happen until it already has. That's not stupidity or weakness. That's just human nature. And so then I went into the many endeavors taken on behalf of exploring our human nature. Science, humanities, arts and engineering, music, the whole shebang. Of course, all of these things are beautiful and work to enhance our quality of life. However, Marley, the context of the episode we are exploring is probably something more like the darker side of our nature, right, and how it turns us from the highest of our ideals. So to Elsa's question, Elsa's question was, why do we resist imposed patterns of conformity? And sub-question How many patterns of conformity are there? So, to answer that, I think we have to talk about what conformity is a little bit. Um, So, this is a subject that is probably best understood from the perspective of social psychology. Not surprisingly, this is a topic that is studied by several disciplines, and it proves difficult enough so that it might need an integrated theory. So not just the theory of social psychologists or cultural evolutionists or biologists or X, Y, and Z. So to answer it properly, we'd have to combine all of those studies together. Probably, I don't know. But with social psychology, it probably gives us a working definition of what conformity is. We see that people end up conforming to a group for many reasons, but it can be condensed into primarily two common sense factors. So what are those factors? The first of those two factors is information, or the lack of it really. For example, each time we start a new job, we can't possibly hope to know the culture and norms of the new job, but before long. We're all standing by the copier feigning some masturbatory apology like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm printing out a novel. Let let me cancel it so you can print your stuff out real quick. Then the other person, completely annoyed by your existence, smiles that conditioned workplace smile and says, oh, no, 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 that's okay, I'll, I'll just come back. Are you sure? Yeah, 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 no worries, no worries. Knowing that on their walk back to their desk, that if they could Thanos snap your ass, that you and your pink twill button down would be reduced to floating ash. So yeah, we conform because bits of information we can't possibly p- possess until we've been exposed to our environment, right? That information, it's just not there. We have to collect it by observing the behavior of others. But with every nod to conformity that we give, like the copier scenario, there's always a hint of rebellion. Within our need to complete that missing cognitive function also lies the need for remaining an individual. I would say that this is one reason that we resist. Once we've gathered the information necessary to function as an individual in society, conformity and patterns of conformity begin to lose their luster. If I had to really guess why we resist, I would say it's because we possess a certain degree of existential foresight. As Heidegger put it, we are beings towards death. And with this knowledge comes both the terror and beauty of our finite reality. Okay, so that is conformity explained through what you could call... Informational social influence. We need to, we don't have all of the information. We need to look to others in our social settings so that we can kind of start piecing it together. The second factor is a little something called normative motivations. So this simply means that we want to fit in with our group. We want to fit in so bad that we will concede to their norms even if they are wrong. Right, Marley? Yes. Okay. Marley hates it that I'm even making her talk, but she wants to sit in here with me while I do this. And I love it. Um, So, experiments conducted in the 1950s um, by a... What is this character's name? Sociologist Solomon Ash. He would put six individuals or something like that in a room, and they'd sit around a table. So five were called Confederates, and one was the participant. And the participant didn't know that the Confederates were in on the game. The experiment was incredibly simple. Two visuals were given. On one side was a vertical line or bar, think think bar graph. On the other, there are like four bars of various lengths. They were asked to match the single bar, to the bar on the other visual of the same exact length. So basically the single bar asking the asking them the single bar looks like which of the four bars on your right. And the particip- the participant would fall in line with the confederates. Here's the crazy thing. 100% of the participants would choose the answer their peers had chosen. Either with them simultaneously or after a few rounds. So they may not they may pick the right choice at the beginning, but to fit in, Marley, they'd start picking the wrong answer just to be in line with their peers. Crazy, right? Yes. Okay. <sighs> but here's my question. Here's my question. Okay? If these peers were workmates of yours, of 5, 10, 20 years, would you still be so inclined to conform? Probably not. And that's because there is an innate drive in each of us to reach or even transcend something like an authentic self. Going back to the Bible, 2 Timothy says, God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power. And this could possibly look be looked at from a Taoist perspective as well. Think the uh, think about the principles of the yin and yang, the constant flow and flux of the world, and we incorporate the hard and the soft in order to achieve harmony and balance. So the broader implications of conformity really, come down to group dynamics at some point and maybe like yin and yang with its constant flux at some point there has to be a level of reciprocity the main ingredient of any society what does reciprocity mean marley i don't know me neither just kidding all right so elsa also asked how many imposed patterns of conformity are there I would say there are an infinite number. To look at perhaps the best of impositions, one that came out of the 20th century, is the ideology of the communist utopia. Extremely powerful ideas, just naive in implementation. The utopia is beautifully thought out as a system, it just turns out that that system forgot to factor in one thing, human nature. Here's the system that is designed to pro- provide you with everything. Only humans can't be provided everything. There's so many needs, wants, desires, individualism, personality factors, intelligence, mood, companionship, Yah, ya, yah, yaya. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's endless. And since the system is perfect, quotation marks, people are supposed to conform. It's just utter nonsense. So now what is the system left with when once it realizes that it can't live up to that promise? What do you think it's left with, Marley? If I tell you, you're going to come live with me, everything's going to be great, you're going to have this, you're going to have that. And then I don't start. I can't live up to the promises. Right. But I still expect you to live up to yours. What do I have to do now? I have to use force. Right. So you guess. (laughs) Oh, my God. You know nothing of communism, Marley. All right. So people are meant to live within social systems of their own design. Something that communism just couldn't grasp, couldn't get a grasp on it. Instead, people were designed, okay, so listen to this part very carefully. People were designed to live within the system by force, if necessary. Okay, Elsa, I hope that that kind of answered the question about non-alignment with imposed conformity. I don't know if it did or not. Definitely gave me a lot to think about, um, but you know, <clears throat> just wanted to read some of my my notes when I was thinking about this. And so man only has himself to gauge himself by when it comes to matters of the mind and the psyche. We don't know of any aliens that come from Mars that are sentient and conscious in a similar manner that we are, that we can judge ourselves by, Marley. Get it? So we only have ourselves, okay? So the brain and mind are different things. The physical structure, which is the brain and its biochemical processes, does little to provide for a comprehensible explanation for the phenomena of our psyche. Get it? No? Me neither. So I guess what can be said is that our biological drives are not 100% within our control, but they can be steered in a manageable direction if we have formulated a healthy structure which allows our psyche to take the wheel. Resistance doesn't always have to be rebellion. It is possible that our values have been established to help us move in a direction that allows for us to be our most authentic self. All right. Once again, I hope that answered your question a little bit. The last thing I want to read is a comment by a gentleman named Danny, a.k.a. Cupcake (laughs) McButtercream. Most likely of the East Coast McButtercreams. So here's Danny's comment. In a weird way, I struggled to say anything on social media for two weeks after George Floyd. And my brain just kept going back to that one story. I think he, I'm pretty sure he means the story of Cain and Abel. So he says, my brain just kept going back to that one story. I didn't delve into it like you did, but I thought it was weird that your mind went there too. So Danny, I suspect that a lot of people had similar thoughts. These stories have survived for thousands of years because they are rooted in our DNA. When God says, Abel's blood cries out to me from the ground, and then tears Cain from his connection to the ground and God's presence, that is directly speaking to something like our DNA. And of course, this absence goes on to create the sin and the havoc of the world. Chaos that fire, brimstone, and floods couldn't cease. And they were all created from that sacrifice of the shepherd. So I think that's why our brains went there. We see the police as being our shepherds, and we see in Derek Chauvin and George Floyd how The roles were kind of reversed when Derek Chauvin turned his back on what we think of as the symbol for good. All right. Okay. Join me on the next episode of Ethospheria, where we will explore similar topics. I'll be discussing the idea of the Trinity by dissecting a piece of our pop culture. Both a book and a movie whose first rule is you don't talk about Fight Club. See you then, and peace be with you. Thank you.